Here I go thinking that I have a real good plan for the last few days and now it's been a week and I did not keep my schedule. However, in this episode, I want to be talking about rereading the four-hour workweek, what has been happening and why my uh, plans got a little bit, um, I don't know, the hiccups and what I'm doing to change that. But first, a really warm welcome to 2020 also from me. No matter which holidays you're celebrating, I hope you had an amazing time with family and friends and get to enjoy a little bit. This kind of transitions right into my little update about why my plan didn't quite work out as I wanted it to. The big plan for me was that, and I actually mentioned this in videos on this channel, that between uh, Christmas and the new year and early 2020, I wanted to sit down and reflect on the last year as well as make plans for the new year. This has been a little bit of a routine of mine in the last few years that I always went through to kind of like get a little bit of an overview of what has happened to recognize the things that are happening and have happened around me and also to move forward with kind of like a closure of sorts. Now, this time around for this new year, uh, I actually drove to Berlin with my girlfriend and we spent the time there and initially planning to just do that that I just mentioned but then we noticed that the apartment that we were staying in we are not going to have for much longer it's my grandpa's apartment and he had to move to a different place and so we noticed that there's so many things in this apartment that need to have a life or stay alive because uh, they probably would have been thrown out if we wouldn't have done anything about it so we chose to Basically, in an instant, uh, start taking photos of things, putting them on eBay Kleinanzeigen, which is kind of like Craigslist in the US, and started selling stuff. We also started to um, kind of like uncover all kinds of little things, little trinkets, and just all kinds of history that my grandpa and his wife had in that apartment. And that was really an interesting exploration. However, again, it kind of threw me off of my plan completely. A great travel through ancestry and family uh, storyline, however, not necessarily what I was uh, like intending to do there. And that brings me to the point that I did not create the amount of videos that I wanted to create. And basically, at, in a whim, I decided that I'm going to basically take a little bit of a vacation of creating anything. Um, this was really necessary because the whole process of trying to sell things on that short notice, uh, connecting with all those people, having them come to our apartment, showing them the items, also tr uh, bringing them outside because some of them are uh, furniture uh, things that are rather big. So it wasn't really that easy to move all those things. And so it took much more time than I expected. However, once that all was done, the good thing was that I actually had a little bit more money in the bank than I had initially, and this basically paid for our sort of vacation and also gave me a little bit of a nice start for 2020, a little bit more of a Christmas money, because the selling of all those things, it's really not that much money that uh, one I would expect, let's say, or one would expect, because uh, I can basically sum it up to say I either was paid for the items that I was selling or the money that I earned through that process or that we earned through that process was money that we got for the time spent organizing all of this. 
So it doesn't really matter how I frame it. It's just not an incredible amount of money, let's say, uh, but it was a nice start and it was paying for our time up in Berlin. So those things out of the way, now I'm back in Hof, I'm back in my studio. I already made small investments in my business again because I was thinking that I have to make certain adjustments to the light here and I want to have a different lens. So those things are coming up and I'm also going to talk about money specifically in later videos again. But I really felt bad for one, not creating the videos that I wanted to be creating and two, I didn't really like that I didn't have a plan to start 2020 with. And the interesting thing is that at a convenient time, I found a new article by Derek Sivers, which he also published around New Year's. And it basically talked about time is personal. What he meant or what he's describing is that his new year may start at a completely different time than your, 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 new, new, your new year, as well does mine. So for this in, uh, example, my New Year's resolutions weren't ready when 2020 was, like when it was 12 at midnight. Uh, and so my New Year or my plan, I'm going to just make it whenever I have the time to make that plan. So my New Year will start whenever I make the time to make that plan again. So... Right now, in this moment, I am not completely ready with that yet. I have done a little bit of the process that I described in last episodes and last videos, but I'm not completely done and I don't have it all figured out the way that I would like to. This is something that is coming and I'm working on that. However, now also I have to go back into the work routine to actually get work done and do my client work. So that's also now coming up and back into the mix. And that's a good thing because, of course, uh, taking a vacation as a freelancer, there's no money to be, uh, there's no money earned. And so I have to get back into that rhythm and I am really excited to because I have a newfound energy because of that vacation that I took for those basically two weeks of almost no work whatsoever. So overall, it has all been really, really good. It has given me a new perspective. I have a new motivation, a new kind of energy flowing, and that's really, really amazing. And this brings me to the main topic of today's episode, which essentially is about the four-hour work week, and specifically talking about the book that I purchased probably something like 12 years ago or so. I think that I recently saw and recalculated that the four-hour work week originally must have been published around 2006 or something like that. And I probably read it two or three years after it has been published for the first time. A couple of years later, I then also purchased the second edition, the revised updated ver uh, version of the four-hour work week. And I also read that. But since then, I kind of stalled on that concept and also on the whole... Um, yeah, the whole idea set that the uh, the book really mentioned that Tim Ferriss talks about, and this is like that basically brought me back to this desire to reread the book and to kind of like sit down again and go through those chapters and see for one what I have implemented, but also what I haven't implemented and what I can implement now with different kind of with a different kind of perspective. 
To give you a little bit of a context uh, about this, I read this book when I was something like 18, 19 years old for the first time. And I would have hoped that it actually brought me to a place where I could build something like a four-hour workweek business within the next two or three years. And that, at the time, was really my plan. I really desired to start something big, to kind of like make a software product that I could then uh, sell to people or sell to someone who would invest in something like this. Or just to have a monthly subscription product where people can buy their license and then use the product on a monthly basis. And I did a lot of different projects and ideas. I also tried different kinds of online businesses like, for example, Kindle publishing and writing books for certain niches, just like other people tried doing that with blog posts or blogs for niches or affiliate websites. I can't really say that any of those things paid off in a big way. I tried many things, but I failed at a lot of them as well. And uh, comparing my life to Tim Ferriss's life, which at the time of him being 29, he was something like the uh, national champion for kickboxing. He did a couple TV shows in Hong Kong and Taiwan, I think. And he traveled the world for a couple of years all funded by his nutrition business that he launched from within the US and then took that on the road with be, uh, basically being a digital nomad and then also writing the four-hour work week. So I'm far from where he was when he was 29 in terms of the accomplishments, let's say. However, that doesn't stop me to rethink my situation right now because like if only i like if i move forward from here then i am able to actually change something about the way i am working and the way that my life is turning out because because to be honest the only step that i like the only bad step is the step that is not taken so now I'm rereading the four-hour work week and I really found a new sense of motivation between the pages, let's say. I, um, yeah, I, I started with, of course, the first few pages and a lot of those things I already know, but, but it kind of like gave me a remembering of all the accomplishments that Tim had by implementing certain steps in his life. And I can't really say that I have most of those steps in my life uh, set up. So it inspired me to rethink the concepts, checking in with myself whether or not I have them implemented, if I have them understood, and where I can take them from here. Now, I kind of feel like I have painted myself into a corner. And Tim Ferriss writes about that as well as he describes his own business that he built uh, basically from scratch after being in different uh, employment situations where then he built Brain Quicken, which became his really successful uh, nutrition business, which earned him something like $80,000 a month. What I don't know is whether that number is gross or if it is revenue. That is never really mentioned, or at least I haven't found it yet. Um, but in general, it definitely put him into a position where he would earn more than ever before, and he would then be able to also reduce himself from the company or remove himself from the company to a point that he only had to check in with the business a couple times a week. And there is something about only checking email once a week and uh, similar concepts. And this is really something I find really, really powerful because before that, 
state where he was earning so much money and uh, working that little, he felt like he painted himself into a corner by being in a 15-hour workday main, like, constant uh, hustle for a couple of years, actually. And that must have been really, really miserable right before he then started implementing those steps that then became the four-hour work week as he implemented them. So now I am trying to check in with myself whether or not I have painted myself into a corner. Do I have the right set of ideas in front of me? Do I have the right plan in front of me? Am I set up to really have a successful 2020? Or am I just uh, creating work for myself to constantly start pushing more and more and more? And where do I fit all the client work that is coming up into all of this? And of course, sometimes there's a need for some free time as well, some leisure time. And that kind of like needs to find its place as well. And to be honest, I have had a struggle with leisure time in the last few years because more often than not, if I'm not really uh, successfully making enough money for myself to feel good, then I also don't really feel like I can take time off because that usually means that there's also money being spent because life itself costs money every single day, whether it's the apartment, the uh, the, um, insurances, my food and all those things. So every day that I don't work makes the situation worse. And then I kind of like am in this struggling situation and the struggling um, tornado, so to speak, that kind of like goes in circles all the time. So how can I redesign life? How can you redesign your life uh, looking at it again from the lifestyle design perspective, which I also have sort of forgotten for the last two years, which again was good. And I also have uh, mentioned this in past videos. The last one or two years are far from lost. They have been quite substantial and uh, important for my development. However, they also have been in a vastly different mindset from growth. And it was about internal growth and understanding, and that is really, really important. And I still believe in that. And I still think that my time spent on those travels and those experiences with different uh, people were incredibly important. However, I also feel very much drawn back to lifestyle design, business design, and a accomplished-driven life, let's say, or a goal-driven life, which is another topic for a discussion because there's this movement of going away from goals and setting a destination or setting um, setting intentions for the year rather than goals. Now, I once was obsessed with all things lifestyle design and uh, just this whole movement uh, at the time. And that, again, uh, I feel drawn to now and want to get back into it and see what I can achieve by doing that with a newfound inspiration and focus. Now let's talk about some things that Tim talks in the first few pages of the book. He talks about the new rich. That's one main term that uh, comes up again and again and again. And it's also based uh, on the subtitle, Live Like the New Rich. And the new rich that he describes are basically people who understand or think that taking mini retirements is much more important than having the... 
potential 20 years or 30 years of retirement at the end of your uh, work life. And they also don't believe in 500 months of hard work to then eventually retire with a potentially also not so great body. So they just break up that whole dynamic. And they also think or know that if you go around the world, money is worth more in different places or the buying power that you have might be different. This is also something that I sometimes have a problem with because it may be true for the uh, for for the demographic that Tim is writing for, but it's not necessarily true worldwide. Um, of course, you can try to change your circumstances even if you are in a country that has not that much buying power. For example, you can provide services for countries that have much higher buying power, granted that you may speak the language, have good English skills or German, for example, or Swedish. If you provide services in those countries, then you can earn way more money by then also living in a country that has a... Um, that where your money has a b bigger buying power. This may be true for Indonesia, Thailand, Philippines, for example. Like those are the countries that I have also traveled to, except for the Philippines where I haven't been yet. And those things are true. Like I said, for someone who comes from San Francisco where rent is like 3000 a month, and then you come to Thailand where you have rent for less than 500 a month, and then you can basically live on as much as you were paying rent for. And this concept, again, like I said, it only works for those that live in cities that are already extravagantly expensive. But this is beside the point because I think the concept of the new rich in general, rethinking all your priorities and rethinking how you can live your life, how you can organize your life and create your life with lifestyle design is really, really important. I also find a little connection, and this is something that I found really, really interesting based on how the development of those communities uh, kind of like goes through. The new rich was a term that apparently Tim Ferriss found around the time that he was writing that book, maybe a couple of years before, and there were communities discussing this topic. And now we have quite the similar movement in the last two or three years with the FIRE community, which stands for Financially Independent Retire early. Now, there are completely different ideas between the new rich and the fire people. And I think one of the main ones is that the new rich believe in creating cash flow businesses or also um, using the arbitrage of being in different countries where you can have a much higher buying power. And the fire community, as far as I understand it, a lot of them mostly build on um, stacking up a lot of money in something like an index fund or other assets that you can eventually retire. And there's this whole topic of if you are able to save 60% of your income, you can retire in 10 years or less and those kind of ideas. Both of them, I think, have really good um, topics like the topic of retire early, do what you love, have income where it's not depending on your job necessarily. And those are partly also the goals that I am working toward. 
So the ideas are really interesting. However, the implementation may not be as easy as just reading about them. At least they haven't been as easy as reading about them for me. Uh, arguably, I have done a mini-retirement the last few years where I was traveling to Thailand, Australia, Indonesia, Malaysia, the US, Spain, and so on. However, I was also trying to build a business and I wasn't really getting there where I would have liked to be and that has something to do with the activities that I chose to do and also the focus that I had in that time. And one major uh, complication that I had was that I really was distracted based on the fact that I had a certain amount of money that was running out. I was making a certain amount of money that was helping but I wasn't making enough money to sustain myself comfortably and also foot uh, the Airbnb costs, the different apartments, the different living places, as well as the days off that you need for visa travel, for example, or the airplane tickets that you need to regain visa uh, and stuff like that. So I did, arguably did, a few years of travel and such a mini-retirement, so to speak, However, I am now back in Germany and I have been for about a year now and I built this studio for myself that if you watch this on YouTube, you can see basically in the background that I built for myself. And the point, main point for this is that I am feeling like I'm ready to up my game. I don't want to worry about having to look for the next apartment, the next flight, the next bus ticket, or the next visa. I don't really want to keep myself on my toes all the time. And I also want to be able to invest in things that I want to have standing around. I want to have this setup that I have for myself, where I have my lights, where I have my camera, where I have my microphone. And I don't necessarily want to have to fit all of those things into one little uh, suitcase. So this is something that I now chose to do uh, to have enough of a base to create the content that I want to create, to do the work that I want to be doing and to move forward with a completely new set of energy. And that's really something that I am striving toward and that I'm really excited about. However, having built this, uh, now it's time to come in with uh, Tim's steps that he describes in the 4-Hour Workweek. And he talks about this one acronym, which is DEAL. And it basically goes down to definition, elimination, automation, and liberation. So how can I define my life? How can I define my goals, my outcomes, my desires, and direction? That's the first question. Then comes what can I eliminate to really focus in on that and what are the steps that are not necessary for the whole thing to work. And this is something where the 80-20 rule comes in, for example, to say which which 20% bring 80% of the results and vice versa. And then the next step would be what can I automate? Uh, maybe I can automate certain steps or I can simplify them. So those kind of like go in hand. Which can, What can I eliminate? What can I simplify? And then also what can I automate? How can I make it so that it is way easier for me to process? One of those things, for example, that I am thinking about, but I'm not necessarily sure if I can ever do it, is can I find a way to outsource my video editing? Or can I just make my videos in a way that don't eat 
or and this is a great example for this because I need to edit that uh, or do I can or can I do the video creation in a way that I don't need to edit them at all and I'm not there yet I am still very much speaking in a way that is not like a keynote or I don't want to present a keynote which is not edited at all but instead I want to make clear points and uh, be more focused that way so then after that comes what will liberation look like so that I do not build a new prison for myself. And that's the last letter of the DEAL acronym, which is liberation, to see how does that look like? What do you really want uh, that situation to be? How can I just have everything fall off and be organized for me or, or I have organized it for myself? And the beginning of 2020, I think, is an amazing time to ask those questions. To sit back, again, ideal would have been between the holidays and the kind of like the holiday days. Um, but now to find direction, to find values to build with. And again, simplify, eliminate, automate, and so on. For me, reading these lines had a very distinct effect and gives me clarity about what I want to do and what I want to uh, what I do not want to do. It also shows me what I will have to take more seriously and not necessarily play around as much to reach my destination. Some of those examples is that for some unexplainable reason uh, the last few months I was very aware that consuming YouTube and Instagram posts or content was debilitating my ability to create as much as I would have liked to. But I wasn't quite able to stop that consumption. It's almost like an addiction. Um, however, now, for, like I said, unexplainable reasons, and just after having read this, and also after having started 2020, um, now my list of priorities felt, feels uh, much more clearly and I haven't had the urge to scroll through Instagram as much. I'm much, much better in leaving my phone just sit on a table, not looking at it every single free moment. And the same thing goes for YouTube. I also have found a nice tool which I can use in Chrome to basically block YouTube and redirect it to my to-do list, which I use DynaList for. And those are topics for their own videos as well to kind of like find ways to trick yourself into having it harder to be able to consume your content if that's something that distracts you. So those things have felt much, much easier for me. I, I'm not as drawn to consuming content at all. And that's really, really a good thing. Now, I'm also more aware that I need a plan and I need to kind of like get back to the way that I was right before Christmas. And I kind of feel like I fell off the wagon for the last two weeks with that, especially in terms of getting up early, um, going up to bed at a certain time, um, going back into intermittent fasting and doing that again so that I can also lose a little bit of the weight that I gained during Christmas and the time before with all the cookies and stuff. And to kind of like make those things real uh, desires again and also real habits to regain that control. 
And then planning those time blocks and planning my day in general also has to have space for freedom and leisure time. And however that needs adjusting, that's going to be an interesting one as well. And a quote that came up again with thinking about all these things is discipline equals freedom by Jocko Willing, or at least that's where I heard it. And he really likes to say that. And I have a feeling that that is kind of true because if I am disciplined enough to do my work in the time blocks that I set up for them, then I am also free to do whatever I want after that work has been done. And I have the freedom to actually feel good about myself instead of feeling awful when I have gone through a two-hour YouTube binge session all the while works on my desk and I'm not getting to it. So those kind of thoughts help me to or have helped me to restructure my thinking my day and my um, schedule, basically. I can only recommend you read this book or reread something that you found life-changing. I am oftentimes overwhelmed with the reading list that I have for myself in terms of all the books that I plan on reading at some point and I have on my Kindle or I have them as audiobooks already ready to go in Audible. But this time around, I chose the hardcover version that I had in the shelves already. And I feel like that's really making a difference to sit down in a chair or a kind of like a sofa chair and uh, read a couple pages in the morning and use that energy, that, that feeling that I get from this book and also the memory of how I felt when I read it first, that really gets me into a new kind of energy, a new uh, powerful, motivated self. With that said, I hope you make 2020 your life. I hope that this was interesting for you. If it was, please hit the like button or also subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel. You can always contact me on my website. You have the email as well as my Telegram contact info there. Write comments in the YouTube comment section. I'm really available there and I'm really excited for 2020 to be a huge milestone in my life as well as yours. So let's just make it the best year yet. Really hone in on your desire and your goals and your direction as well as your values. Use the tools that you have on your disposal. Rethink what you have already known but kind of forgot or chose to no longer focus on and just regain control. And I hope the best for you and I will see you in the next video that hopefully comes on time with this one being on Monday and the next one being on Wednesday. Have an amazing day and enjoy. I will see you later.